0: Welcome to Staff Picks, the podcast for movie nerds by movie nerds. As always, I'm Mario Lanza and I am your host on our journey through the movies out there that just need a little more love. And our movie today is once again part of Horror Month 2020 where I delve, delve into eight of my favorite horror movies and try to sell you on them why you should love them as much as I do. And our movie today is a super obscure one from 1972 called The Other, which this may be a little hyperbole here, but this might be the greatest horror movie I have ever seen. This has been one of my favorites for years. It's an especially nasty little horror movie. It's uh, it's really, I mean, I'll say it right here. It's a story of two identical twins on a farm who wreak havoc, and it's right there in the sweet spot of these evil little kid movies of the 70s. And this is such a great movie, but it's so obscure and so forgotten and so hard to find that it's one that I've just been dying to talk about on Staff Picks for a long time. Again, this is one of the movies that I specifically founded Staff Picks around. Movies like this that, again, I'm one of the few people on Earth who seems to know about this movie, but it's so good and everyone needs to know about it. All right, so we're doing something a little special on this one in this episode. Uh, normally I bring on a guest to talk about the movie and we, you know, share our thoughts and talk about it from two different perspectives. But this movie I had the hardest time finding a co-host for just because it's so hard to find and so obscure. I mean, the problem is just not a lot of people know about it and I didn't think I could really do this movie justice by finding somebody who knew it well enough to really rave about it like I could. So, You know, as luck would have it, I happen to have an evil twin. A lot of people don't know this. Evil Mario is his name. And since this movie is about evil twin brothers, I thought it would be very fitting to bring on Evil Me on, and we can talk about it from the perspective of good versus evil. Again, I'm presuming that I would be the good one, and he's evil. But again, it's a kind of interesting experiment. I'm going to bring Evil Me on, and we will talk about the others. So welcome to Staff Picks for the first time, Evil Me. Hello.
1: Thank you for inviting me to the show, even though I know no one's listening.
0: Well, that's not very nice. Come on. I, I put you on the show for the first time, and the first thing you do is insult me?
1: Yes, and I also insult you with the second thing. You're not funny.
0: All right. So anyway... Um, <laughs> Here we are, me and Evil Me, as we're talking about The Other, a uh, movie from 1972. Let's see, uh, Evil Me, how would you describe this movie to people who have never seen it before?
1: Well, it's pretty much the feel-good story of 1972. Lots of children are in it, and lots of children die.
0: It's a rib tickler. Oh, that's good. (laughs) So, Dead Children, that is what you look for in a good horror movie? Yes, the more the
1: better. And this one has several.
0: All right. So, anyway, we are going to delve into the plot. And, again, I'm assuming that most of you have not seen this movie before. So, I will be very detailed in spelling out, beat by beat, how it goes, why it's so amazing. And, again, one thing you have to keep in mind, this movie... It's called The Other. It's not The Others. That's, uh, I think, a Nicole Kidman movie from 2001 or so, which is really good. But this is uh, The Other, no S on the end. So, again, uh, if you're looking for the, the movie we're talking about, do not get the Nicole Kidman one. I cannot stress that enough. That one doesn't have enough dead children, so it's not quite as funny. Okay, so The Other. This movie is based on a novel. There's a novel that came out in 1971 about little evil twin brothers on a farm. And uh, it was a fairly big hit, and they made a movie out of it the next year. And it was a pretty big hit. Evil Me, did you do some trivia on this? Do you know the history of this movie? Yes, I actually know that when when this movie came out... It was considered on par
1: with The Omen and The Exorcist. They were considered the three big evil little kid movies of the 70s. At one time, this was not a forgotten and obscure movie. This was a large mainstream movie, and it has somehow been forgotten over the years, much like your
0: show, Staff Picks. Oh, thank you. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, so this movie, again, was a pretty big deal. It's uh, I was reading a uh, comment on the Internet Movie Database the other day that someone wrote, this is the type of movie nobody ever talks about, but nobody ever forgets. And I thought that was a really interesting sentence. Uh, Evil Me, is that something that you have found as well, that this is a movie that lingers in your head? Oh, yes. This is... One of the
1: most deliciously evil movies I have ever seen. And these little kids, Holland and Niles, we will meet them shortly. They are wonderfully nasty and evil.
0: Especially the part at the end of the movie when they kill... Alright, okay, well, no, we're not going to get into that just yet, Evil Me. we got to save something. Because Evil Me is not exaggerating. This is... An especially nasty movie. I mean, to the point that it will lodge in your head and it's so horrible. And there's just visuals in this movie and things going on. Again, it's not bloody. There's no jump scares or anything. There's nothing especially graphic or visceral about it. But trust me, you will remember this movie. Yes, you will remember it wistfully. Especially all
1: the times when little children are impaled with things like pitchforks
0: and being pushed down wells. It's amazing. All right, so my history with the other, I'll give my history here that, again, I'm always out there looking for obscure horror movies, movies that more people need to know about, and this one showed up on a lot of lists when I was really researching this kind of stuff, like in 2005, 2006, I was really getting into obscure horror movies, and this one popped up on lists all the time, like, oh, I saw that as a kid, it was, it really haunted me, that is one of the scariest movies I've ever seen, and you'd see this comment over and over, how, uh, <laughs> Evil, again, I keep coming back to the word evil, how evil this movie is, and how it just resonated with people, and they were quite shocked to find out that it's no most people don't know about it, because if you grew up in the 70s, you would know the other, and that, that obviously that is not the case anymore. Yes, because people are stupid. Well, I mean, I wouldn't put it in quite those words, evil me, but it's... Yeah, it's, again, you get into the, the realm of streaming where people just watch stuff so on streaming, there's no video stores anymore, and so people are kind of slaves to what's offered on streaming and on these online services, and this is not the type of movie you're going to find online, so you got to go out and look for this one specifically. In fact, uh, Evil Me, when's the first time you saw it? I didn't
1: have to see it. I
0: lived it when I killed my cousin. No, we're not going to get into you killing cousins. Okay. So the, the, how I stumbled onto this movie is I remember just hearing The Other. It's this great horror movie from 1972 with little evil kids on a farm. And again, I love evil little kids movies. I love that stuff in the 70s, that whole genre. But I could not find this movie online, on video or anywhere. And then, as luck would have it, it ran on like American Movie Classics or Turner Classic Movies, one of those channels. And I just watched it and recorded it. I'm like, well, I better DVR this because I may never see this again. And I was struck by how good it is. And since then, I've always loved it. I eventually went out and bought it on DVD, which you still can buy. Even though it's out of print, you can find old copies on eBay for like 15 20 bucks. And I'm telling you right now, it is totally worth it. I mean, this is the type of movie you should buy sight unseen. If you are a horror fan, you will not regret it. Again, I'm a little hyperbole, perhaps, but this might be the greatest horror movie I have ever seen in my life.
1: I agree. Especially because all the dead children
0: dead children are delicious, don't you think? Well, I don't especially think so, but if you, if that's your your kink, go with it. Oh, I will. Alright, so, what else to say about The Other? So, again, they begin this, the big thing is this is not The Others with Nicole Kidman, this is uh, The Other 1972. It's uh, set in the 1930s on a farm in Massachusetts, and it's just this big extended family living on a farm. Uh, it's kind of in the middle of the Great Depression which I think that factors more into the book than the movie. You don't really know that. But uh, yeah, it's just a very benign pastoral setting on a farm where bad shit happens. I wouldn't say bad shit. I'd say fun shit. So there's three little trivia facts about this movie that make it especially interesting, aside the fact that it's just a kick-ass horror movie that you will never, ever forget. Number one is the star of the movie, Uda Hagen, I think that's how to pronounce her name, uh, Evil Me. Do you know a little bit about uh, Uda Hagen, who she is?
1: Yes, she is considered one of the greatest acting coaches of all time. She taught for about 30 years or so, maybe 40. She was blacklisted at one point from being in Hollywood because she associated with the wrong people. But she continued to teach, and she was considered maybe the greatest living actor by many of her students and many of her contemporaries. But again, she did not star in many movies.
0: This was her first movie. Yeah, that's what's interesting about this movie is that they had the greatest acting coach of all time, Uta Hagen who was blacklisted. Somehow in the 70s, they got her around the blacklist. They put her in a movie, and she's like 50, 60 years old. I'm not entirely sure. She's the grandmother in this movie. But again, it's her first movie, and she's like considered one of the greatest actresses of all time. So it's interesting that this is the movie she pops up in. And
1: then, of course,
0: there's another
1: famous actor in this movie.
0: Ah, yes. Here we go. So this movie is the debut of one of my personal favorite actors John Ritter who was in Three's Company was in a lot of other stuff after that but my personal pick is maybe maybe the nicest guy ever like I've seen interviews with him I've seen stories of people that worked with him and I've been trying to do more John Ritter movies on staff picks I just it's hard to do because he didn't he didn't really get too many good movies He's kind of like the Dana Carvey of his time, a super talented and charismatic guy who just didn't cross over into movies all that well. But this movie was John Ritter's debut, even though he's not in it very much, but it is kind of neat to see all these nobodies in this little horror movie. Oh, and there's John Ritter, who's very, very young in this one.
1: Yes, I also love John Ritter, one of the few people I was sad when he died.
0: Well, that's good. I'm glad evil me even has a heart. Sometimes. Okay, so those are the main two. Uta Hagen plays a grandmother of the twin boys in this. Then John Ritter plays a man named Ryder, who's not really in the movie very much. But he does have a fairly prominent role when we get to uh, his part in the (laughs) storyline. No, stop. You cannot laugh at what happens to Ryder. Oh, I'll laugh. I'll do worse than that. I'll be cheering it on. All right, so... Those are the main two stars. And then the other thing that's kind of unique about this movie is these two brothers who play, you know, evil, identical twins, Holland and Niles Perry. Uh, They were named the Udvarsky brothers, I believe. I kind of forget their name.
1: Way to do your research, dickhead.
0: Shut up. So yeah, so these twin brothers, they'd never been in a movie before. They never did a movie after this. They just kind of moved on with their lives and went into the medical profession or something. These uh, two brothers, Martin and Chris, I think their names were. But yeah, it's amazing seeing them in this movie, how good they are as these evil twins. And they had no acting experience. They never did anything else. In fact, Uta Hagen, the drama coach who plays their grandmother, even she was amazed. She was like, these kids are so good. She loved working with them. And it's kind of astounding they uh, never did anything after this movie. All right, so Evil Me, I, I hesitate to ask this question because I've, I fear for what you are going to bring to this podcast, <laughs> but are you ready to walk through the twistingly disturbed storyline of The Other? Oh
1: yes, I've, I've been, been, waiting been waiting for this for weeks. This for weeks.
0: All right, here we go. Again, I apologize for evil me. I don't really know what he's going to say. He, uh, he's kind of a wild card. You're not going to get me canceled, are you? Probably. All right, well, you know, we've had a good run here on Staff Picks. So I if we get canceled, if this is our last episode, so be it.
1: Has it really been a good run? I mean, it's not like anybody's listening. And your patron fees are, what, zero? What the hell have you ever accomplished with this show? All right. So now you're
0: just here to hurt.
1: Yes, I hurt. It's what I do. I'm evil.
0: Okay. So the movie, The Other, starts on a little farm, a perfect little farm. Again, it's set in Massachusetts, but the movie is filmed in California and it's pretty obvious when you're watching it, it's California, but let's pretend it's Massachusetts. And uh, Evil Me, how does it kind of start? So,
1: you have the Perry family, the
0: extended
1: Perry family. They have had some recent tragedy in the family, which we will learn about. And the movie opens with the two brothers, Holland and Niles, who are just running around the acreage, playing guns, hiding in culverts. One is good and one is evil, you see.
0: Yeah, okay, so... Niles is the good one, remember that. There's one, one of the two brothers is shy and sensitive and very close to his grandmother, that's Niles, and his brother, Holland, is a bit of a, well, how would you describe him, evil me? He's a bit of a legend. No, not legend, I was going to
1: say asshole. No, he's a legend. He pulls off some legendary kills in this movie.
0: All right. Yeah. Okay. So tomato, tomato. So one's good, one's evil. And the only way to tell them apart, if I recall, is that Niles, the good one, wears this big gold ring. And we find out later that is a ring that has been passed down from all the Perry members in the family, from grandfather to father. And it's got like the family crest. So this, uh, this ring will become very important to the storyline. And speaking of the storyline, what's the first thing? So they're playing guns. They're running through the woods. And we meet at the start that there's this old woman who kind of lives on the property right next to theirs called Old Lady Rowe. So explain what happens with Old Lady Rowe. Old Lady Rowe is this crotchety old bitch. Now, stop it.
1: She's a crotchety old woman who is kind of a busybody and doesn't like the Perry brothers and she is going to die. No, she doesn't die yet. Yet. Not yet. For now, the Perry brothers are just running around the farm and they stumble into her garage and Holland, the legendary evil one, breaks some of her jars of preserves. And she is not pleased.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's right. So these two brothers are playing and they run into Old Lady Rose, you know, preserve cellar. And they break a jar. And she's really mad. She starts smacking him. She's like, uh, Niles, you bad boy, you bad boy. And he's like, I'm Holland, I'm Holland. So it's like, this is one of these things. These two brothers will be mistaken for each other throughout the movie. And uh, yeah, for now, they get in trouble because they were messing with Old Lady Rose preserves. And again, spoiler, She will die because of this later. You do not fuck with the Perry brothers. No,
1: you do not.
0: (laughs) Okay, so at this point, here's what we know about these brothers. They live on this farm. They have an extended family. There's been a lot of tragedy around them recently. I think their father recently died, and... Let's see. Their father died. Their mother, because the father died, has kind of been catatonic or like she's kind of checked out on life because of that. So these brothers don't have much adult supervision around. All they do is run around this farm. They play in the apple cellar. Uh, They're just kind of known troublemakers. Oh, and they have a cousin who hates their guts.
1: Yes. This is one of the greatest characters in movie history. The cousin, his name is Russell, but they call him Piggy.
0: It's not explained in the movie why they call him Piggy. Do you know why they call him Piggy? Is that in the book or something? I think it's because he's fat and he's
1: ugly and he roots around in shit.
0: Well, I'm guessing that's probably not, but yeah, so Piggy is their cousin, and these two brothers are running around this farm and they're just, you know, mischievous and causing trouble. And they have a cousin, Piggy, who loves to tattle on them and mock them and make fun of the fact that their dad isn't around. He's just kind of a little jerk. Piggy, again, once one of the other characters, will not meet a kind ending in this movie. No. He's going to be impaled like so much shish kebab. <laughs> All right, I can see we're going we're going to have problems with this one. <laughs> okay, we we have many deaths coming down the road, but uh yeah, for now Piggy's just the, the uh, cousin they don't like and we meet John Ritter here, young John Ritter. And he is, let's see, the boys have an older sister. The twin brothers have an older sister. She lives on this farm. She's married to this guy Ryder, played by John Ritter. And she and John Ritter are, they're pregnant. They're about to have their first baby. And that's the talk of the farm right now, that Ryder and the sister are going to have a newborn. And you know what the The best best thing about that that baby is? is. Yeah, I, I hesitate to ask, what is the best thing about that baby? She's not going to... No, 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 no. You're not spoiling the baby subplot. Okay, this is where I think I need to uh, dive in here and step in for a second. This movie is best viewed if you don't know what's coming. Okay, we're kind of tipping our hand. I'm kind of telling you where it's going. There's going to be deaths and stuff, but there's a couple plot twists in this movie that are super effective, and I really wish you watched this movie before you hear us talk about it, because... I'm trying my best not to give spoilers, but Evil Me, he's just going to dump them on your head without even thinking about it. So, I mean, that that's correct, right? Yes, I'm like a German Scheißen video. I'm going to dump it right all over you. Well, that's that's charming. But yeah, so if you could possibly go watch this movie or buy it or something if you can and then listen to it, I'm aware that's very difficult to do. This is a hard movie to find. So from here on right out, there's going to be some big spoilers, and I'm just warning you, right now okay so if you don't mind you know here there be spoilers that's the where this podcast is going the rest of the way yeah Yeah, that that baby's baby's gonna die okay well there you go so he's dropped the spoiler that writer and his his fiance's baby is going to die in one of the most horrific memorable deaths you will ever see in a horror movie so that's where this movie is going okay let's see so these twin brothers live on the farm and their mother is checked out because their father has died recently And basically their only friend in the world is their grandmother. They have a grandmother named Ada, played by Uta Hagen. Yes, and she's a meddling bitch. No, she's not. She's not a meddling. She's the only person who loves these boys and could possibly stop them once she realizes what's going on. She's the only good character in this movie. Yes, pity it doesn't work out, though. (laughs) All right, so, okay, so. So anyway, the two twin brothers are setting up their plan for revenge on Old Lady Rowe because she yelled at them for breaking her preserves. And they go down to this apple cellar. This is a very important part of this movie, this apple cellar under the barn. They love to hang out there. It's their secret place where they can talk and be alone. And as we find out, something important happened down in this apple cellar that's kind of symbolic. Evil me? What would that
1: be? This is where their father died.
0: Yeah, so... These twin brothers are without a father, without any, you know, paternal role models. And within the last year or so, their father died. Now, what happened to him? He was going down the stairs to the apple cellar, and the trap door
1: fell onto his head and broke his neck. He died quickly, unfortunately.
0: Yeah. It was a tragic accident. Surprisingly, there'll be many tragic accidents in this movie. And this was the, the first one we hear about that the dad died. So the boys play down here and this is where they hatch their secret plans. And right off the bat, we learn two things. The, the main thing that's important about these boys is that Niles has this gold ring, which was his father's and it came from his grandfather before that. But we learn that he's not supposed to have it that they have to hide the fact that Niles has this ring. It's forbidden. I don't want to tip my hand too much, but it's implied that perhaps they may have dug up their father and pulled the ring off his finger. Yes, or worse. Or worse. Okay, yeah. So, so not only do the twin brothers have this little gold ring from their father, they also have a little blue thing wrapped up in plastic. Niles kind of keeps this little blue thing with the ring at all times. Evil me, again, I shudder to bring this up, what is in the blue thing?
1: Well, it's implied that's their father's finger. These two boys dug up their dead father, cut off his finger with rose shears, and kept the finger. And that is why they're not supposed to have the ring.
0: Yeah. So right from the start, we learn something's a little off with these boys that they perhaps have dug up their dead father. But the truth is, it's even worse than that, isn't it? Oh, yes. It's they did not dig up their dead father. It's
1: wait until we get to that part. That's a laugh.
0: Okay, so these two twin brothers are down in the cellar planning out their revenge on Old Lady Roe. And this is where their cousin, Piggy, comes in and spots them. He's like, hey, you guys aren't supposed to be down here in the cellar. I'm going to tell. And then he's like, and you have the ring. You have Grandpa's ring. That's not, you're not supposed to have that either. I'm going to tell. And so basically, Piggy signs his own death warrant here, for, uh, for lack of a better term.
1: Yes, this is where the little piglet crosses the line. You do not see your evil cousin Holland with the ring and say you're going to tattle. You will soon die if you do that.
0: Okay, and what else happens at the uh, the start here? So, so the little piggy, the cousin's gonna tell on them for having the forbidden ring and for playing in the apple cellar. They're planning revenge on old lady Rowe for for being mad that they broke her preserves. And again, all this is Holland. Holland is the rambunctious evil twin. Niles is the good, kind-hearted, gentle twin. He's a pussy. pussy. Well, that too. Niles is the good one. Okay. Although here we get the scene where we get the first inclination that perhaps Holland is more than just a mischievous little 12-year-old. Evil me, would you care to describe this scene right here in the the barn with the rats? So Holland, the
1: better-slash-evil twin, is in the barn, and he's mad that their cousin Piggy is going to tell on them. So he goes over to Piggy's rat collection. Apparently Piggy has lots of pet rats. Holland picks one up and snaps its neck. But you don't see anything, right? It's not graphic. No, sadly, you do not see the death of a rat. But you see that Holland does this to get back at Piggy. And then there's a little subtle moment where he goes out to the garden and buries the dead rat. And you see about eight other little crosses on the ground, implying that this is a
0: full-time occupation for Holland. He's a rat killer. Yes, he is a rat killer. Holland is not just mischievous; he is a bit of a sociopath, as we will learn as this movie goes along that he things will escalate lots of bad things will happen on this on this farm, and it will always be Holland's fault. Yes, Holland is
1: legend. Wait for it, dairy the fuck are you doing Barney Stinson jokes? Uh, nobody said I was topical,
0: okay, so here we go so. Now we're going to have lots of scenes of Holland and Niles hanging out with her mom. They go upstairs and talk to her. And again, the mom just lost her husband. She's kind of checked out on life. She kind of wears her bathrobe all day. And she just sits in her room. And uh, And and Niles always wants to go up and talk to her. He brings her tea. He reads her books. He's very kind to his mother. But she just is not ready to get back in the real world. and At one point, he tries to get her to come down and sit by a well. They have this well on the property. The nice brother says, come sit with me. And she won't go down by that well because apparently something tragic happened to that well. We will find out much later what that was.
1: Yes, that is the only sad part of the movie.
0: I mean, kind of sad.
1: It's sad. Shut up.
0: Okay, so here we go. Here we're going to get the first part of this movie where it really starts becoming a horror movie. or Not... Not quite a horror movie. It delves into that horror territory. And this is kind of interesting because it's a scene featuring the grandmother, Ada, and the good of the two twins, Niles. She's especially close to the good of the two brothers. And they have a little thing called the game. She likes to play this with Niles when they're alone on the farm. Evil me, would you like to explain to people what the game is? The game is a trait that Ada has. She has
1: had it passed down from her family. It's where you're able to psychologically project yourself into somebody else. You can see the world through their mind. You can read their thoughts. In fact, if you want to be quite honest, Stephen King ripped the shit out of this when he wrote The Shining. Because this came
0: first, and the game is just The Shine. You know, I don't like Evil Me, but he is not wrong that a lot of people have pointed out over the years that Stephen King perhaps borrowed fairly liberally from the other when he stole the game and made it the shine. It really is the same thing.
1: It is exactly the same thing. And Stephen King can rot in hell. I wish that van driver had hit him
0: harder. All right. Now you're... Now you're insulting Stephen King. This is terrible. All right, so the game involves Ada and Niall sitting there. And again, she's kind of looking after these kids because their father died. They don't have a lot going on right now. And so she's like, would you like to play the game, child? And she's like, oh, oh, babushka, oh, I love you. Let's go have fun and play the game. Again, she can astrally project herself into other things. She takes Holland down and they play this game together. And today, Niles has his request. He's like, Ada, you know, we've played this game in the past, and it's usually on a flower or something small like a mouse. Can we do something bigger today? Can I project into something else? And she's like, oh, of course, Babushka, let's, let's go, let's practice your skill. And there's a really cool scene where she gets him to project into an eagle or a hawk. And this is a cool scene where basically she... Uh, she shows Niles, you know, concentrate child, you know, project your mind, and he can, he has the same gift that she does. He can project into this, this eagle, and we see it flying over the entire farm here.
1: Try to be, Niles. Try to be. Feel inside. Into its head. Into
0: its heart. Yeah, this is kind of a creepy scene where where niles is projecting into this eagle and it's flying around the barn and again it's a shared little moment between the good of the two twins and the grandmother and again even though it's just a shining it will come into play later in the movie in several forms but uh what's the most important takeaway from this this uh the game scene evil me well as he's seeing the world through the eyes of this hawk flying over
1: the farm he sees their cousin piggy Jumping off a loft in the barn and jumping into the hay. This is a game that Piggy seems to play all the time. Fat, ugly children play fat, ugly games like this. Now, come on. I mean, am I wrong? Is a fat, ugly child. Niles sees that this boy loves to jump off the hay loft into the pile of hay and... At a certain point, Holland, the brother, will realize, you know, if we put a pitchfork down there, that
0: fat little fuck will jump right onto it. <laughs> yeah, so we can kind of foreshadow the cousin's death here because, again, these two brothers don't like their cousin, Piggy. And we see a little foreshadow here of what will happen when Piggy's jumping into this hay bale that something will be placed there and it may kill him. And sure enough, a couple minutes later, we get the death of their cousin, Piggy. Oh, yes. Isn't this delightful? We cut to a scene a couple minutes later
1: of Piggy standing on the loft, jumping into his beloved pile of hay. And uh uh-oh, this time there's a pitchfork tongs up sitting there that he did not see buried in the hay. And just like that, one dead Piggy, one Hawaiian shish kebab.
0: Yeah, so Piggy dies. First of several dead children we have seen in this movie. And again, it's because Niles, through his gift of the game, was able to see that Piggy jumps into the loft, into the hay in the barn, and Holland, the evil one, thought, let's get back at Piggy and put a pitchfork there. And so we immediately have the first dead cousin, and we cut to poor Piggy's funeral as his casket is being carried out of the house. It's a knee slapper. It's so funny. All right, so... Really, bad things happen to people on this farm. There's lots of tragedy. There'll be lots of death and sorrow. Bad things will happen. Just about everybody who crosses the Perry twins, a.k.a. Holland, not so much Niles, but Holland, the other in the title, that's him, that's Holland. So after this, uh, Piggy's death, everyone mourns him, but the twins don't seem to care because it's time for them to go to this nearby carnival. This is the fireman's carnival.
1: Yes, this is one of those traveling carnivals that goes around the country and stops in different places in the countryside. And it will be stopping near their farm. And they have been wanting to go this year, even though Ada says no. But Holland says, let's defy Ada. Let's defy grandma. She doesn't
0: know best. Let's go to the carnival. And so they do. So the two brothers go to the fireman's carnival. Again, this is one of those 1930s traveling roadside carnivals where it's just these uh, these rides that they can uh, set up and put down. They're temporary rides. There's like a freak show where they have ugly, strange-looking people. There's like magicians there. And this is where we get a couple interesting foreshadowing moments in this movie where the boys come across some things that will become very important to the plot later in the movie. Oh,
1: yes. The first is the freak show. You know how much I miss freak shows? Freak shows were awesome.
0: I wouldn't really say they were awesome. They kind of exploited people with birth defects and things they couldn't control. Like I, I think as a society we've probably moved a long way past that where we're exploiting these people and pointing and laughing. I didn't see any laughing. I just saw
1: pointing. People were pointing at them and saying they were freaks. What's wrong about that?
0: All right, so anyway, so the boys go to the freak show at the carnival, and they sneak in, and because there's one exhibit in there that they really want to see, Holland in particular, Holland wants to see the hydrocephalic baby. Now, evil me, what is a hydrocephalic baby, and why is it important to this plot?
1: (laughs) Oh, hydrocephalic baby? That's a baby who was born with a giant head. And it died in birth, and they placed it into a jar of liquid so you could stare at its freakishly huge head.
0: And why is that important to the plot in the movie later?
1: Well, because Holland is going to take Ryder's baby and put it in water just like that one, because that's what he does. He covets.
0: What, is this Silence of the Lambs now? You're making Silence of the Lambs jokes? Careful, or I'll throw some MIGs goo at you. All right, that's sick. So anyway, they sneak into the freak show. They see the hydrocephalic baby, and there's a very creepy shot of just Holland staring at this little baby in a jar of liquid. And it's like a cool little screenshot. I'll, I, 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 I usually take my favorite screenshot of this movie, and I attach it when I create the MP3 file for these podcasts. I put my favorite screenshot as a uh, attached file. That'll pro- probably be the image I use for this one because it's so cool. Okay, and after the hydrocephalic baby, this is where we go to the magic show, right? Yes, this
1: is the other part of the traveling carnival that really inspires the boys. There's a magician named Chan Yu, who is not Chinese at all. He's just a white dude with his eyes taped up. Oh my God, he's in yellow face. Cancel him.
0: Well, yeah, they didn't cancel people back in the 30s, but yeah, there's a magician here at the Traveling Carnival named Chan Yu, and he does a famous disappearing act. This is where he goes in a box, and his assistant locks him up, and then she opens the box, and he's gone. And the boys are like, wow, I love that trick, because they are both aspiring mag- magicians, as we will see later. And this is where Niles says, you know, I want to see how he does this trick, and this is where the game pops up again, right? Yes.
1: Yes. Even though Ada has forbidden these boys from playing the game without her, Niles wants to do it just to see how the trick is done because, again, he's a mischievous young lad like his brother Holland. When Chan Yu is locked up in a box, Niles plays the game on him and becomes the magician and sees how he does it. That really, there's a trap door under the box. Chan Yu drops down. When the assistant opens up the box, there's nobody in there, and the crowd is astounded. And Niles just kind of rolls his eyes, because now he knows the
0: secret. Yeah, Niles sees the secret. He says, oh, that's all a magic trick is. You're just a trap door. You drop out of sight, and everyone's tricked. And when Chan Yu kind of runs through the back of the carnival tent, Niles just staring at him and smirking. And Chan Yu's like, what, this little shit figured me out? And who says that Niles is always the good twin? Niles is kind of a little brat too, sometimes, wouldn't you say? Indeed, he kind of is. Yeah, Niles and Holland, there is a bit of crossover between the two of them, as we will learn later in the movie. Okay, so Niles and Holland come back from the carnival and they kind of explain to Ada what they saw, which is kind of odd because they weren't supposed to go to the carnival, but somehow they go tell Grandma. For now, we'll just skip over that. So. They're just explaining what they saw, and Niles is like, you know, magic, it's so easy, it's just deception, all you need is a trap door, and Ada's like, you know, you babushka, you shouldn't play the game on people, it's dangerous, and Niles is like, I promise I won't do it anymore, I I feel bad, and yeah, so that's it, so the big takeaway here from this scene is Ada says... Tomorrow, young, young man, Niles, you go to Mrs. Old Lady Rowe and you apologize to her for breaking her preserves. Again, you are a good lad, you are a Perry lad, and you must do your good duties. So he's like, I promise I'll go tomorrow and apologize to Mrs. Rowe. And this is where we lead to death number two in the movie, Mrs. Rowe. Oh, this
1: scene is just delightful. Holland goes over. Niles is supposed to apologize, but Holland goes instead old lady Roe is like why are you here young man and holland's like i come to apologize for your missing preserves you old bent and he walks in and she's like all right apology accepted and holland says hey can i show you my magic trick because again they just learned magic from the carnival and she's like oh okay sure So Holland, again, the evil twin, comes in and he shuts all the blinds and he's got a little top hat on and a mustache. And this is where we learn that she is indeed terrified of rats. Holland pulls a rat out of his top hat, one of Piggy's pet rats, and throws it at her. She screams and falls backwards and has a heart attack. And oh no! Holland has killed the second person in this movie and it was just an accident. It looks like an accident.
0: <laughs> All right, so now we have a uh, very important scene coming up now. This has a lot of foreshadowing for later in the movie where after Mrs. Rowe dies, again, nobody knows Mrs. Rowe has died yet. Holland has somehow killed her and not taken the hit for it. And we go to church. And this is where Niles, the good brother, is praying with Ada and they're in church together. And I'm going to read this, this word for word here. Niles says, Ada, why do people have to die? And she says, all of life must die, child. Tis, every, tis nature's way, everything in its time. And Niles is like, I don't want to die. They put you in the ground. And Ada's like, as we come from the ground, child, so we return to it. And Ada points out, you mustn't be afraid of death, child. We all die at a certain point. She's like, my babushka taught me that. I used to fear death as well. One day when I die, what I must do is look for an angel. An angel will come down from heaven and guide me to heaven. She will lead me to paradise. And so Niall sits there and smiles. He's like, I like that. And she's like, yes, child, everyone dies in time. But when is your time? An angel will approach you and bring you to heaven and everything will be good. This is a cool scene because there's a lot of foreshadowing to later in the movie. We will indeed see this angel scene pay off in a cool way. I don't think it's that cool. Well, yeah, you're not. (laughs) I hate this
1: scene. Church sucks.
0: Well, yeah, evil me would say that. So Niles is like, will the angel come for me when I die? And it is like, if you believe, child, she surely will. Okay, so let's go back to the the farm now. And this is the bonding scene again with uh, Niles, the good twin, and his mother. And they're sitting there talking, and he's like, you know, Mom, I know things have been hard for you lately, and she like, you know, she's still sad, and he's like, can I read you a story? I want to read you this story, and he pulls out an old nursery rhyme. (laughs) And this is an odd story. It's a story about a changeling. Oh, yes. Now, evil me, why is a changeling important to this movie?
1: Well, because... The Changeling is a story of a baby who is abducted and replaced with something that looks like it so evil elves can run away with it and kill it. That seems somewhat appropriate to Holland's interests.
0: Yeah, it kind of does. There's uh, again, there is a baby in this movie. It's going to be the big Denouement when we see the death of the baby. But there's lots of hints as you watch this movie to stories about changelings and babies dying and stuff. So hey, and again, they're setting you up for where this movie's going. It's it's going to get real dark. Although, Niles does point out here to his mom, he's like, you know, at the end of the summer, I'm going to do a magic trick. And she's like, oh, really? She's like, not caring. And he's like, yeah, I've been working on this magic trick and it's out in the barn. Wait till you see it. It's going to be the most amazing thing ever. So that's kind of the, where this movie's going. It's kind of the plot of this entire summer on the farm. It's going to culminate in the magic show where, uh, <laughs> surprise, a lot of people are not going to be happy with the result.
1: They just don't have a sense
0: of humor. The Perry
1: family just does not understand great comedy. They're weak.
0: However, there is a problem in this scene as Niles finishes talking to his mom is that we get the sense that Piggy or someone has informed her, you know, Niles is wearing that gold ring that's supposed to be on your husband's body in his coffin. And so she's kind of looking at his hand as they're talking. She's wondering, did my son dig up my husband and take off his gold ring? Yep. Anyway, for now, she just puts it aside. She's like, I'm going to go sneak around, look in his room, see if he's hiding stuff, find his ring. And she's going to find it later again, much to her chagrin. Yes, do not go snooping and hauling stuff.
1: Bad things will happen to you, even if you're his mother.
0: Okay, now is going to come a whole series of uh, action scenes here where bad things are going to happen on this farm. First off, we have the magic show. So Holland and Niles are down in the barn planning their magic show. And again, there's a trap door in the barn. This is the one that hit their father on the head. <laughs> Remember that. And basically, they're going to construct a platform. The, the One of the brothers is going to fall down the trap door into the bottom of the root cellar. And in the root cellar, there's a little door there that they can escape out and make their entrance back at the start. The prestige, if you will. Yes, but someone has foiled their
1: plan because... That cellar door at the bottom that's normally open now has a lock on it.
0: Yeah, this is a turning point in the movie. The boys are mad because their uncle George has warned them not to play in the root cellar. It's dangerous and dark down there. And he has put a padlock on the bottom door, which is where they plan their escape, the the magic trick. And so there's a lock there. And now they have to call the whole magic trick off. And they're furious, especially Holland. And again, You don't want to make Holland mad. When Holland gets mad, bad things happen. When Holland gets mad, awesome things happen. Okay, so here we have a couple deaths in a row now. So someone finally discovers that Mrs. Rowe is dead. I think Ada goes over there to check on her. She notices a smell. She sees that Mrs. Rowe is inside dead of a heart attack. Again, you can't pin any of this on Holland yet. But Ada will eventually start putting two and two together. Although, that death isn't so bad, the next scene is even worse with the mom.
1: Yes, it's time for Mother Perry to meet her fate.
0: Well, okay, so let's set this up. So, at some point after the last discussion, the mom went into Niles and Holland's room and found the gold ring that they're not supposed to be wearing, and she freaks out because clearly a ring was taken off a body, and she's not happy about it, and the boys find out that the mom knows. I forget the mom won't talk to him or something. And so Holland, the evil brother, says, Mother took the ring. Like, you, you can't let Mother do that. That's not okay. That's our ring. It's our birthright. You get it back from her. And Niles, the good brother, is like, well, I, I don't really want to. And, and Holland's like, get it back now. I mean it. Little brother, that ring is our birthright. You get it back from her right now. And so the mother is kind of on borrowed time now because here come the twin brothers after her. And again, when they come after you, you're not going to make it out. All right. And here's one of
1: the greatest scenes in the movie. So Niles goes, talks to his mother and he admits, I have the ring. I wasn't supposed to have it, but Holland gave it to me. And the mother is horrified. Holland, how could Holland give it to
0: you? Yeah. And the mom knows here, something's messed up with her kids. Like, uh-oh, she's talking about someone dug up a corpse and snipped off a finger and took a ring off it. These are her kids, and she's just kind of losing it now. She's like, I can't handle this. And Niles like, I, I, I am sorry, Mom. I admit it, I took the ring. And then all of a sudden, Holland appears out of nowhere, and like he grabs the ring from the mom, and uh, evil me, I guess, take away the rest of the scene. Yes, so Holland,
1: the evil, I mean, awesome twin starts fighting with the mother
0: and she won't give him the ring back. So he pushes her down the stairs. So if you ever wanted to see a 11-year-old boy push his mother down the stairs trying to kill her, this is where it happens. And uh, yeah, so from here on out, now the mom is a paraplegic the rest of the movie. She's paralyzed. She can't talk. She's just in horror of this evil little son she has raised, Holland Perry, and she's kind of in fear of her children. But again, she can't talk. She can't really warn people about it. And she will be a mute witness to what's going to happen the rest of the movie, all the terror. And I think this leads us up into the first big plot twist of the movie. Evil Me, are you uh, prepared to take this one? Oh, yes. So,
1: Niles is broken up. That his awesome, wonderful brother, Holland, has tried to kill their mother. And he goes to church and he sees Ada there, his grandmother. And this is where shit's about to get real. Ada tries to console Niles. She's like, oh, I'm so sorry your mother fell down the stairs. And she didn't even think to say, live from New
0: York, it's Saturday night at the end. Now, that's terrible. That's what I do. I'm evil. Yeah, but Ada realizes something is up here. Because Ada is kind of on to these kids that something's off with them. And she's like, you know, when I was over at Mrs. Rose, I found Holland's harmonica. Was, he has a little harmonica he plays with. Was he visiting Mrs. Rowe when she died? Niles yeah, says, yeah, yeah, he said he lost it. And Ada's like, so wait, you're telling me that Holland went to visit Mrs. Rowe the day she had a heart attack? And Niles like, yeah, yeah, he went over and, and, like you said, and he apologized. He didn't mean to kill her. It was an accident. It was, it was just a game. He was just playing a game with her. Not Holland wouldn't do anything on purpose. And this is where Ada flips out. And like I said, this is the first really great plot twist in this movie. It's not the greatest one. A lot of people think this is the big plot twist. There's a second one later, which I've kind of already given away. But Evil Me, would you like to take this one away?
1: Oh, yes.
0: When Ada
1: hears that Holland was off visiting Mrs. Rowe the day she died, she cannot handle it anymore because she knows there is no Holland So she grabs Niles and she marches him off down to the family cemetery. And she says, look at this. Look at this
0: and tell me what this is. And he's like, no. And they're standing in front of a grave. And you know, that's the grave of Holland. That is the grave of Holland Perry, who has been dead for a while. But Niles will not admit it. Niles will not admit that his twin brother is dead and there isn't an evil twin. There's just one fucked up kid named Niles.
1: Yes. Ada says, look at this grave. Tell me who that is. And he's like, no, no. And she's like, play the game. Let's play the game and you be your dead brother buried in this casket. And so they do. And it's awesome. Niles is like, it's cold in that coffin. It's dark. It's like the apple cellar. It's a prison. I can't get out. I want to
0: get out, but I can't. And this is, again, the first big twist of the movie, that there are no twin brothers in this movie. There's only one. There's Niles. There were two many years ago, and Holland was, again, the evil, rambunctious one. Niles was the good, sweet one. But Holland died. We kind of find out here. What he was trying to do one day, he was picking up a cat. He liked to murder animals. He murdered cats. He was trying to throw a cat down a well about a year ago on his birthday, the cat somehow fought back and, and, and Holland stripped, and Holland fell down the well and broke his neck. So Holland has been dead for a year, but Niles still talks to him as if he's still there. And basically, this kid's just fucked up, right?
1: Yeah, this kid is fucking nuts. He's
0: one haircut short of a Britney. Well, thank you. Yeah, Britney Spears joke. Very topical. It's still funny. Yeah, so this is the big twist in the movie, that there are no two twins. There's only Niles, the good one. Holland has been dead for a while, yet everyone is still pretending that Holland is still around for Niall's benefit, because Niall still talks to his dead brother, still pretends he's playing with him, and Ada has been going along with it because she thinks it's in his best interest. It's psychologically healthy. But this kid is a total schizo. He's nuts. He is, again, <laughs> that is the like what makes this movie so creepy. This kid is going to do evil stuff and not even realize he's doing it because he thinks his twin brother is doing it. And uh, this is where Ada really lays down the law, right?
1: Yeah, she says, no more games, no more talking. There is no Holland. There is only Niles. You stop this nonsense right now. Listen to your grandmother.
0: But Ada blames herself. She blames the fact that she's been going along with this nonsense and, you know, playing the game with Niles and trying to help him psychologically after his dad died, after his brother died. But now Ada realizes, oh my God, Niles is probably the one who pushed his mother down the stairs so Ada realizes they've kind of created a monster and this is all kind of on her now hey and guess what it's gonna get worse
1: oh no it's gonna get better
0: but Ada does make a promise to her little grandson, Niles. Look, I will help you through this. I know it's very tough and, and troubling trying to get through all this death and all this bad stuff around you, but I will be with you forever. And he's like, Grandma, Ada, will you, you please, you promise we'll always be together? And she says, yes, always. And it will lead to a fun conclusion at the end where, spoiler, she's the one who has to kill him to end his evil. Ugh, I hate her. She's, she's the, the worst. worst. Okay, and I do have to point something out here. There's one really cool thing about this movie. And again, you probably haven't seen it. You wouldn't get it. But the way the director does the reveal of the two twin brothers, it's really interesting. There are two actors playing the two twin brothers. These are really two brothers in real life. But if you pay attention to the movie, you never see them in the same frame. When they're talking to each other, it'll always pan back and forth, ping pong from one to the other. So it really does. It's not a cheap you know, plot twist that the one of the brothers is dead and there's only one pretending the other one's there. The director actually does support that with the way he shoots it. And if you watch the way the other people respond to Niles through the movie, oh, Holland, why would Holland be? Like, there's little things like, you should be playing with other kids. And you think he's talking about Holland, they really mean his cousin Piggy. But the director, who I should point out, also directed To Kill a Mockingbird, does a very wonderful job with the way he frames this, sub, this uh, plot device. Yes, even I can't see anything bad about him, and I'm evil. Oh, and this is where we get the reveal, the real reveal of the ring, which is even worse than you think it's going to be, where that ring came from. All right, here we go, into some of the deliciousness of this movie. So, the
1: grandfather had this gold ring, he passed it to the father, the boy's father, and when the father died, he passed the ring along to his oldest, Holland, who was the evil twin so holland was wearing it and when holland died when holland fell fell down the well that meant the ring passed on to niles but people forgot to give it to niles so niles actually went to when his brother's body was laying in state he took some rose shears cut off his dead brother's finger and wore the ring That's why everyone's horrified that Niles has the ring. They know he removed it from his dead brother's finger a year ago.
0: Yeah, and here we get one of the one of my favorite standout shots of this movie. Again, Ada has made Niles promise not to play the game anymore. Your brother's dead. Just accept that. Be my grandson. We'll move on. We'll do this together. And he promises he will not play the game anymore. And we immediately cut to a scene in the parlor of Niles and Holland sitting in the parlor talking about the game, how they can still play it in secret. Except Ada doesn't have to know. Ada's the only one who knows we do this. We'll do it without her knowing but then the camera pulls back and it's not Niles and Holland talking to each other. It's just Niles talking to himself. Much like the way I'm recording this podcast. It's kind of creepy. Oh, yes.
1: This kid is messed up. You call Holland the evil twin. Niles is flat out messed up. This kid is knocking futs.
0: And with that, we're going to transition into the denouement, the horribleness of the movie, where, again, there's been lots of death, lots of killing, lots of evil, but now shit is going to get really real because, like I said, John Ritter's in the movie, and he and his wife have a baby, and they come home from the hospital, and the new baby is welcome to the family and it, all the all the farm gathers around and welcomes Ryder and the baby back to the farm, and we just see Niles standing there looking ominously at the baby, and you know that baby, something bad's going to happen to it. It's, it's about, about to, to get, get Casey, Casey Anthony'd. Anthony'd. Now, that's horrible. I know. All right, well, as long as you admit it. All right, and here's the here comes the scene that a lot of people say is actually the scariest scene in this movie where, again, remember, the mom is now paralyzed she just sits in her room she can't move she has a broken neck she can't talk and the brother Niles comes up and says hi mother oh I've come to read you a story and give you tea and oh did you know that the baby Ryder and his wife had the baby and the baby's back now oh it's a little girl just like you liked and he says I want to read you a story mother one of my favorite stories and it's the one we mentioned earlier about the changeling oh yeah love the
1: changeling
0: so he says, Mom, this is a story about elves who sneak in and steal a baby and replace it because that's what they do. They're mischievous and evil. And the mom gets this big, horrified look on her eyes because she knows her kid's about to do something to that baby. But she can't tell anybody. She can't talk. It's horrible. She's trapped. She's locked in. Oh, yes. <laughs> the witness unable to stop them. Yeah, that baby is about to get stolen. And this is where we meet the... Uh, an important side character in this movie, who is a, what is his name, Mr. Angelini? The farm has a handyman named Mr.
1: Angelini, a greasy Italian cobbler or something who does chores around the barn. And one day, Niles sees Mr. Angelini in the wine cellar playing around with an old wine barrel filled with water. And Niles gets this big look on his face like, Boy, I bet a baby would fit in that water barrel pretty well.
0: Yeah, what's going to happen is Niles is going to steal the baby and he is going to frame it so it looks like Mr. Angelini, the handyman, did it. And one of the things about this movie, there's a subtle subplot in the background about the Lindbergh baby. This movie takes place in the 30s right after the kidnapping of the Lindbergh baby. You see it in newspaper headlines. You see a comment about Lindbergh or a Lindbergh poster on the kid's wall. Niles is fascinated by this Lindbergh baby kidnapping, and he's going to do it again. And hey, just like in real life, he's going to frame the Italian guy for doing it.
1: Yes, because Italians are greasy, swarthy, untrustworthy
0: folk who will steal your babies. Now, that is terrible. You know, we're Italian, right? I mean, even though you're an evil version of me, we're both Italian. Yes, but we're the good kind of Italian. We're not like Mr. Angelini. Well, okay, What? What? How? why are we the good type of Italian? What's the good type versus the bad type? Well, yeah, we're, we're the, the good, good type, type because we're, we're the, light the light skin. Oh, no, no, I'm not. You're not finishing that sentence. All right, so <laughs> here we go. So here comes the abduction, the last part of the movie where, again, so much death and destruction caused by these twins. Ada and the mom are the only two who have really figured it out, but they are not aware of the evil that lurks in these kids' heart, or this kid's heart, I guess. Here comes a big ominous scene like a writer and his wife go out to a movie or something. It's just the grandmas and one of the aunts home at home with home alone with the baby. Ada is babysitting the baby and Niles goes upstairs and brings Ada some tea. And uh that's not all that's all that's in the teacup, right? No. Niles has
1: decided to slip
0: her a roofie. He roofied his own grandma. I mean, I'd like to say you're wrong, but that is exactly what he does. Yeah, he slips a sleeping pill in Ada's tea, so she's not there. So Niles can bundle up the baby, slip away with it, and open the window frame. So it looks like Mr. Angelini, the handyman, has been out there working on, you know— shudders all through the day because there's a big rainstorm coming. Mr. Angelini's been on a ladder. He frames it to make it look like Mr. Angelini has taken the baby. And just like that, Niles, a.k.a. Holland, slips away to the baby to go kill it.
1: He's not killing anything. He's changeling it.
0: I don't think that's a word. Trust me, it is. And here comes the frantic ending to this movie where a couple hours later someone checks and the baby's... No, it's Niles. Niles is the one, the good brother... That kid ain't good. That kid's just as bad as Holland. So Niles wakes up and he runs in and sees the baby's gone. And he's like, Ada, Ada, Aunt Verna, or whatever. Uh, the baby's gone. Someone took the baby. And again, Niles is the one who did this. But in his you know state, he's pretending or doesn't know that he did it. He thinks Holland did it. And so everyone's frantic. And they're all looking around for the baby. And everyone's crying. And they bring a search party with dogs. And man, someone came in and stole a baby. It was Bubba. Bubba from Dark Night of the Scarecrow.
1: Go blame the local mentally challenged guy. He probably did it.
0: It wasn't Bubba. But yeah, everyone thinks that Mr. Angelini did it because he was Italian. And so again, just arresting immigrants, he did it. And so everyone tries to find Mr. Angelini. And again, everyone's scampering around the, the farm looking for the baby. And and Ada, for some reason, sees Niles She tells him, look, you need to be away from all this nastiness. Go in your room. But he ignores Ada. He goes out to the barn to work on his magic trick. And Ada kind of looks at him. She's like, oh, my God, that kid didn't take the baby, did he? And
1: here comes one of the greatest scenes in movie history. Ada discovers the truth.
0: Yeah, so (laughs) Ada follows Niles into the barn And everyone else, again, we're at night, it's raining, there's a big search party, everyone's frantically searching for this baby who's been stolen, theoretically, by the Italian handyman. And Ada follows the boy into the barn, and inside, she hears him talking. Now, evil me, who is he talking to? He's talking to Holland, of course, his dead
1: imaginary brother.
0: Yeah, Ada hears the twins talking, even though, again, there's only one twin, there's only one, the other one's been dead for a couple months or a year, whatever, And uh, Ada just listens, and another creepy scene, just the two brothers talking. How does it go?
1: Well, she hears Niles, and he's whispering, Holland, where's the baby? (laughs) That's not funny. It's kind of funny. Niles says, Holland, I know you did it.
0: Where did you put it? Yeah, and then Ada pops up, and she's like, Niles, where, please, where's the baby? Where did you put it? And then Niles says, no, I didn't do it. Holland did it. Holland drugged you. I can't stop him. He's evil. He's taking over my life. I'm, I'm trying to stop him, but he took the baby. He wanted to do a trick with it. And Ada's heart just drops. She's like, oh my God, this kid is as evil as his brother was. He just doesn't realize it. And uh, Niles is like, Holland is bad. He's, 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 gonna. He's never, he'll never go to heaven. He's terrible. Ada, please help me stop him. And this is where Niles kind of fesses up some of the other crimes that Holland has done at the movie, including one we did not know about.
1: Oh, yes. Niles admits, Holland killed Piggy. Holland gave me the ring. He told me to cut his finger off. He pushed Mother down the stairs. Oh, yeah. And remember when Father fell down into the apple cellar? Holland pushed him down too. Holland tried
0: to kill both parents, but he succeeded with dad. And this is where Ada basically wants to slap the shit out of Niles. She's like, stop it right now. There is no Holland. Holland is dead. Holland did not take the baby. Niles took the baby. Admit it. And Niles was like, no, no, no. He punches Ada and he like runs away. And Ada's head just drops because this is the point of the movie she realizes She's going to have to kill this little fucker.
1: Oh, yeah. It's time for
0: Ada to go Rambo and start taking out grandsons. And, of course, in the midst of all this, we get the reveal where the search party eventually does find the dead baby that Niles has placed in. Evil me, where do they find the baby? In a wine barrel. Just like earlier in the movie, Niles saw Mr.
1: Angelini futzing around with a bunch of wine barrels, and he's thought, you know... A baby would drown real easy in one of those, just like that hydrocephalic baby.
0: Yeah, so the search party is going through wine barrels, and they open it up, and you just see the baby's head, the top of her head and her hair, and it's just floating there. And the search party's like, oh, no, oh, my God and they all know someone has deliberately drowned this little four-day-old baby in a wine barrel. And again, you don't see stuff like that in horror movies all that much. That is, this movie crosses lines that other ones don't. Oh, yes. It's the greatest movie of all time. The dead baby movie. Well, thank you for not making another uh, Casey Anthony joke. Thank you for not being tasteless. Oh, no, this is a drowning. This is Andrea Yates' The Home Game. Thank you. Okay. Now I'm canceled. Thank you very much. No problem. Yeah, and with that, there's no, you know, doubt about it now. All the everybody in the search party and on the farm thinks that Mr. Angelini killed the baby, blame the Italian guy.
1: They're usually guilty,
0: why not? But Ada doesn't know that. Ada Ada knows who killed the baby. She knows it was her fucking little grandson, Niles, who was fucked in the head. And she's like, you know what? He's got to die. That's all there is to it. No one else can stop this kid. The mom is paralyzed and mute. No one else knows the capability of evil in my grandson. So she goes out to the barn for one final confrontation with her grandson, Niles. Yes,
1: just like in Friday the 13th, part five, a new beginning, the final showdown in the barn.
0: That was a stretch.
1: I didn't say I was good at this. I just said I'm evil.
0: So Ada goes out to the barn. She knows that Niles killed this baby. And she's like, he's going to have to die. And she knows, you know, this is where they're going to do their magic trick in the barn. There's the top floor, the bottom floor. But the bottom floor is locked. They can't get out. Anything down there is locked because Uncle George put that lock on the the root cellar. And so she sees Niles down in the bottom. And she's like, you know, he's trapped. He can't go anywhere. And he's like still talking to Holland, right? Oh, yeah. Until the end of the
1: movie, Niles still talking to his imaginary slash dead brother. It's amazing.
0: So Ada's like, sorry, this fucker's got to die. And she sees a can of gasoline and she walks up to the top of the stairs, little Niles at the bottom inside the barn. She locks the barn so nobody can get out and she pours a bunch of gasoline down onto the stairs or down where he is, down in the hay. And he looks up, he's like, Ada, and then his heart drops because he's like, yo, my, my grandma's about to kill me.
1: Yeah, that is not good grandma behavior. You do not kill your grandson. I don't care how evil he is. But he just killed a baby. I mean, you got to do that. You're allowed to kill one or two babies. It's a freebie. You suck. I know. But hey, maybe if babies could swim, they wouldn't be so easy to kill.
0: So Ada, yeah, she stands at the top of the stairs and she (laughs) throws all the gasoline down on her grandson and she raises her arm and she's in this big white robe. And it's, you know, it's very kind of cool because you think back to their scene earlier in the movie where Niles says, when I die, is an angel from heaven going to come down and take me? And she's like, oh yes, Babushka, it is. She looks exactly like an angel coming down from heaven and we see a flashback of the church stained glass window to drive that home. The angel is going to take him to heaven. And with that Ada stage dives basically onto him.
1: Oh, yeah. This is where you bring in the stunt grandma. Ada pours all the gasoline down, takes a lantern, face-first dive into the basement of the barn, and Niles screams, and everything goes up in flame, and that should be the end of the movie. Even though Niles goes out a hero, killing a baby in the process. Yes!
0: Yeah, so that's really the end of the movie, that Ada has to take out her grandson. She knows the kind of evil he's capable of, and she kills herself, burns Niles in the process, theoretically ends all the evil, but there is a little twist at the ending that makes this movie especially effective. That's right, Niles survives. Now, how the hell does he survive? He just got burnt to a crisp. You mean Paul Walker, the home game? Okay, now that's three. got to stop doing this. That's not funny.
1: Kind of funny.
0: But yeah, so Niles survived. How does he survive? Well, the last
1: shot of the movie was to see the barn all burnt up the next day. All the farmhands bulldozing it and cleaning up after Ada's death. And we see the little padlock that Uncle George put on the door to keep the kids from playing. And it has been clipped open. So Niles was somehow able to get out the back door just like in the magic trick. And he survives. And now there's no one to stop him. No one even knows.
0: Yeah, so Niles survives. And again, it's left up to your imagination. What happened? Who clipped that lock? Was it Holland? Was it Mr. Angelini? Was it, you know, Niles? Did some, we never learned why that lock was clipped, but somehow it was open. Ada didn't know that there was a back door out of the barn. Niles survives. And the movie ends with just a shot of, you know, we see the sad mom looking out her window, all forlorn. Everybody in her life is basically dead now, except her evil son who has killed everybody but she's paralyzed and can't tell anybody. And we just see her forlornly looking out her window and we pan up and who's there. Our star Niles,
1: the end dog sitting up in the attic window, looking out wistfully, knowing nobody can stop me. Now Ada was the only one who tried and she's dead.
0: Yeah, and that's the end of the movie. We see Evil Niles up in the window just looking out over his over his family's property and the fa- the camera kind of zooms in on his face and we just see him looking out impassively at the world knowing this kid is so freaking crazy and insane and nobody can stop him now and basically yeah, he's going to become Damien in The Omen too. Another one of my personal heroes, love Damien. So, that is the other, a twisted tale of two twin brothers who are really one messed-up twin brother and the dysfunction and death on this farm, and there are no consequences at the end. Nobody pays the price. All the good people die, including children, old lady Roe, a grandmother, oh, and a baby, just for good measure. And a, and a
1: couple, couple cats of and, rats, and rats, don't forget those. Holland took out the, the animal, animal kingdom, too. too.
0: Yeah, so... Again, just a horrifying movie that lodges in your brain if you see it. And again, I am I am shocked this movie is not better known because I have read articles that say, you know, at one time in the mid-70s, these were like the big three evil kid movies. You had The Omen, you had The Exorcist, and you had The Other, and they all would have kind of been on the same plane. And for whatever reason, this one just kind of faded away while the other two stayed around. And again, I think this movie is as good as the other two. I personally think this might be the best horror movie I've ever seen. I have showed it to people over the years. My daughter liked it. She's a tough critic. She doesn't always like movies I show her, but she thought it was really good. The more I watch it, the more I realize how well it's set up for the ending and the twists and just the evilness of it. And again, this movie's directed by the guy, I think, Robert Mulligan, who directed you know, To Kill a Mockingbird. So it's got a huge pedigree. I have nothing bad to say about it. It's just a movie that everybody really should know, especially if you're a horror fan.
1: And if you're a dead children fan, if you like seeing kids
0: killed in a movie, this movie is gone with the wind. Well, thank you. Thank you for ending strong, evil me. No problem. Uh, let's see. Uh, anything else I want to say? Okay. Oh, yeah. A couple years ago, I found the book. This actually, like, again, it was a pretty... Big book at the time in nineteen seventy one. I found a copy of it in a library. I started to read it. I just don't like it. I don't like the way it's written. It's kind of all old timey and old prosy and stuff. Maybe other people like it. I don't know. But there is a book it's based on that supposedly just as good. And uh, yeah, that's that's the other in a nutshell.
1: I'm not surprised you didn't like the book. The You're not, not so, so much, much a reader, book. are you?
0: Well, I mean, it's a complicated question. I read some books. There's just certain styles I don't like.
1: But were the words too big for you? Would
0: you rather have
1: Niles read you a book about changelings or ponies or unicorns?
0: I mean, not especially. And I just wanted to point it out. You don't read books. You're an idiot. All right, I think we've had enough of Evil Me. Uh, Anything else you have to say, uh, Evil Me, before you sign off and hopefully never come back again?
1: Yeah, I'll be doing stand-up at Yuck Yucks in Daytona Beach on November 4th. And I'll be at the Funny Bone in Pompano, Florida on November 10th. Come see me, two drink minimum, hashtag free Louis C.K. All
0: right, well, uh, <laughs> thank you. That was uh, the only time I've ever interviewed an evil version of myself on the podcast. I, but again, I thought it was fitting for the movie because the movie's all about evil twins. And to be honest, I really didn't think a lot of people know this movie well enough to do it justice to talk about just how creepy and evil it is i mean and this again this movie pulls no punches it is kind of all by itself in a category of movies that just (laughs) there's no hugging no learning no happy message at the end nobody good survives evil wins ha ha (laughs) i thought you were gone not yet all right, well, anyway, again, The Other 1972. Please go out and find it if you can. It's a movie I could not recommend more highly. I saved it right for the end of uh, Horror Month for a reason. Normally, I save the biggest and best of the movies for Horror Month for the end of, uh, of October. I, I post on Halloween. The only reason I didn't do this one on Halloween is because my next movie, Session 9, might be even more evil, and it's a little more mainstream and easier to find, so that'll be my uh, my grand finale here for Horror Month. But again, the other, one of the all-time greatest horror movies, everybody should know it, everybody should love it, I think it's personally the best horror mo- horror movie I did this month. And again, I hope uh, you got and track it down and hopefully stay away from your evil twin. Talking to an evil version of yourself is not very fun.
1: Yeah, try talking to
0: a boring version of yourself. You couldn't suck more. All right, and again, I'm good version of Mario Lanza. This is good version of Staff Picks. If you need to reach me, you can reach me at uh, staffpickspodcast at gmail.com or on Twitter at Mario J. Lanza. Until next time, I'll be out there searching for more movies that deserve more love, and I'll try to find somebody interesting who hopefully is not me to come on and talk about him. Until then, I'll talk to you guys later. Watch out for creepy twin brothers. Bye. Baby.